Blog Talk Radio. things tonight. Good evening, everyone. Uh, just wanted to let you know that we've been promising a giveaway for Episode 2 of Beauty Talk. And for those of you who check out Episode 2, of course, we're still donating um, a dollar for every view um, of Episode 2 to Susan G. Coleman for the Cure. And that's going to continue to go on until the 31st of this month. So continue to check out Episode 2. Um, as well as Episode 1 of Beauty Talk. But also, for Episode 2, if you check out Episode 2 and you leave a message on our uh, comment or, you know, some type of message on our uh, channel, then we will enter your name into a giveaway, and that would be for a, actually a Smoky Eyes eye palette and a couple of other goodies to go along with that, just to kind of correspond with the whole um, um, topic of the, the Beauty Lounge section of Episode 2. Uh, next week's guest is going to be Marietta Carter-Narcisse, and the, uh, the theme of that show is going to be makeup for film. So for all those makeup artists who are interested in uh, doing makeup for film and television, but mainly film, 
uh, please join us on that show. That's going to be um, actually, instead of being next Thursday, it's going to be next Monday. Beauty Talk will temporarily move to Mondays for the next uh, three weeks due to some um, projects that we're working on. Uh, Beauty Talk will be for the next three Mondays, 9 p.m. again. We'll keep it the same time. So Mondays at 9 p.m., November 1st, November 8th, and November 15th. Then the week of Thanksgiving, there will be no show due to the holiday. And then finally, Beauty Talk will return to um, Thursday nights starting with um, December 2nd. So again, November 1st, November 8th, and 15th, Beauty Talk will move to Monday nights at 9 p.m., then the week of Thanksgiving, no show, and returning to Thursday night on December 2nd at 9 p.m. as well. And coming soon, we're going to have Episode 3 of Beauty Talk with uh, Valente Frazier. So that will be coming shortly in November, so stay tuned for that. All right. Thank you very much. Um, also, just want to remind you that the call-in number for tonight's show, if you have a comment or a question, is 914-803-4399. Again, it's 914-803-4399. Um, we were told that we were going to have Ray Moore for like 30 minutes to 45 minutes, um, and so we moved the um, segment with Suzanne Patterson to the end of the show, but Suzanne, if you're listening already, if you want to call in now, maybe we can go ahead on and get your segment done before Ray calls in tonight. So, again, the call-in number is 914-803-4399. Join us in the Beauty Lounge here on Blog Talk Radio. That's the chat room. Um, Join us here so we can get the conversation started in the chat room as well. If you have questions or comments, you can also email us at info at illusionsbeauty.com. If you like tonight's show, you can go out and rate it a favorite, mark it a favorite rather, mark it a favorite where you can rate the show, um, and you can do that right here on Block Talk Radio. So I'm interested in how everyone's able to... <laughs> Uh, make their text and their names appear in the chat room with the different colors. So if, if Technicolor is willing to help me out, give us a call at 914-803-4399 and let me in on the secret. Although it's probably not a big secret, but, you know, I don't have time to figure out, basically. And again, tonight our guest is going to be Ray Morris, and the call-in number is 914-803-4399. 914-803-4399. Again, we're also going to have Suzanne Patterson joining us um, with her HD technique. I always say it wrong every time. Her HD I give up. But I know <laughs> she's going to share some oh, technology and technique. Oh, well. I will let her tell us the title. But anyway, she's coming with her HD info. Um, 
you know, she always shares info on lighting and the cameras as well as an HD makeup tip. So she'll be here to join us. And um, if she's listening, she can call in now with her techniques and tips <laughs> while we're waiting on um, Raymar. And, you know, I, I do have a question for Suzanne, too, when she calls in because um, um, the one thing she she did mention was about how the cameras, you know, pull, uh, you know, the red tones and, and the makeup colors. And I'm noticing a lot on a lot of television projects that I've been working on lately, they tend to use a lot of blush. So, you know, that that have, a lot, of course, a lot of red tones in them. And they have no problem using it, and I'm seeing that it. I mean, it's actually not that bad. Like when you actually see it on the monitors, it's, it's actually not that bad at all. Like it's not, you know, they don't look clownish, or they, it doesn't look like there's too much blush applied. And maybe that could very well be the actual application and the actual blending, and and not necessarily um, the color itself. Okay, hold right. on one second for me. Hold on one second for me. I have a caller from let's see here. One two eight four two five oh six oh three. Okay, they're gone. And this may be Technicolor. Here. Hold on. Let's see here. Hello. Hello. Who might hey, be you? Yeah, this is Technicolor-Tanisha-Tanisha-Tanisha-Tanisha-Tanisha-Tanisha-Tanisha-Tanisha-Tanisha-Tanisha-Tanisha-Tanisha-Tanisha-Tanisha-Tanisha-Tanis
Hello. I'm good. Can you hear me okay? I'm talking to you all the way from Sydney, Australia. Yay. Yeah, we, can, <laughs> we can hear you. Awesome. Okay. Thank you so much for calling us. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. I love your country. I so am in love with America. You have no idea. <laughs> What's your so favorite place? Um, my favorite, I, I love New York. I spent a lot of time in New York. Um, just discovered Vegas actually. I was just there. Um, I was a keynote speaker at IMATS in LA. I was flown there recently, about two months ago. And yeah, I just I love America. It's the best country in the world. I know all the Australians are going to hate me saying that, but that's how I feel. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, wonderful. Well, we don't want to take up too much of your time because I know you know you're probably busy, but we just want to you know chat with you for a few minutes, and we're thankful that you were able to come on at such short notice, so we really do appreciate that. Um, first of all, just share with our listening audience um, how you got started uh, doing makeup. This is, it's actually quite a, a funny story, and I'll really try and keep it short. I was a hairdresser and never thought I could do makeup. I was actually kicked out of art in preschool because um, they told me I did not have an artistic bone in my body. And actually, it happened strangely. It was backstage um, at a fashion show in Turkey. I was in Istanbul, and Naomi Campbell was a judge, and I was just, I was just doing hair and. Her makeup artist and her had this little tiff and he stormed out and she actually glared at me and said, fix my lips. And I was 20, never done makeup in my life. I went to complete panic because I'd never done makeup before. And it was probably two seconds of her life that completely changed mine because I thought, okay, it's clear lip gloss. Her lips are so big, I can't go wrong. And it was that very second the press had actually barged in and just, like, ambushed her. But the photo was of me putting lipstick on her. So then I got notified back in Australia as this international famous makeup artist. So basically I lied and, and just went with it and got jobs and thought, you know what, I'm just going to go with this. And luckily it worked out. <laughs> Wow. I know. Yeah, it's not really encouraging, is it, telling you? It was, uh, but, but in, it just from uh, fast forward that I was very blessed. I got to work with a makeup artist, very famous. His name is Richard Shara, and he invented um, Ziggy Stardust for David Bowie, and did. Uh, he was very famous for the Robert Palmer Addicted to Love film clips, and he was colorblind, so I actually did get some formal training down the track. So it's okay. I know what I'm doing now. Finally, <laughs> right. Now, how many years was that, or how much time was that from when you, you know, first started to when you finally got the training? Well, it's funny. Look, I actually was sort of working as a makeup artist probably from the age of 21. Like, I'm, I'm uh, 40 this year. So from 21 to sort of about 27, 28, and I just sort of bluffed my way through it because that Naomi Campbell incident happened when I was really young. So I just sort of, you know, learned off my friends and tried. But the training didn't happen until about 27, 28. And I, and I learned what was really great. I learned that um, anyone out there that's listening that wants to be a makeup artist, older is always better because clients and celebrities just assume that you've done it longer. So my formal training really didn't happen until I was in the 30. Uh, and I'm glad too. I think, you know, that what we have to deal with celebrity wise and, and, you know, directing teams and working with very sensitive artistic types, um, being old is actually a really good thing. So, yeah, formal training would have been about late late 20s, around about 30. Uh, but, you know, I'm still training. Hello. I mean, I'm still. <laughs> I just played all the shows in Paris, you know. you get, you, I never, It's funny. I still never feel like I know what I'm doing. I think, oh, my goodness, will this work out? And it's funny. I'm right. some of the world's best makeup artists. And I say the same thing. So insecurity is a very, very strong point to have if you want to be a makeup artist. Oh, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> and not just that, but if you want to be better. 
Yeah, uh, better Look, it's, it's that push. Yeah, it's that nervousness of is this going to be because you know what eyes are on you first, and this is the thing. As as people say, don't take it personally. You do because they're looking at your work. But what's also interesting when you're in a job, like it, it's the first thing everyone's waiting for is how's that model, how's that celebrity going to look. So you know what, the stylist can put a singlet on her, or you know the hairdresser can just brush her hair. But everyone's looking at you, so you're like the first cab off the rank. So it does push you to become so brilliant. You know, you've got to really just make yourself better and better and better. And and that's what drives me in this industry. That's why I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Well, Ray, tell us, um, how do you become Australia's top makeup artist four times? How do you do oh, that? Oh, look, I, I don't really know. <laughs> no. Well, no. Well, first of all, I don't enter competitions. I just ha- want to make that very clear. What, what They have a, an awards thing here, and what they do is they um, look at all the editorial work published throughout the year, and who judges it are all the beauty editors, and they actually don't see names on the work, so that way no one can bribe anyone. And I actually just got a phone call. I just got a phone call saying, hey, you've won. I've gone, oh, okay. And it was great. I got my trophy, and I thought, wow, and then it happened again, and then again. So they judge it on work that's published that year. You don't, I don't enter competitions. I don't like that sort of thing myself. Um, I'm a bit shy in that department. And, but I must admit, when I got the fourth time, I thought, please don't win again. I'm going to get things thrown at me. Like, um, So it was. It, it's one of those things that I had no say. I just got the phone call, and, and yeah, so I feel very privileged. It, it looks great on the CV. Um, I'm very excited about it. I feel very, very grateful that the people in the industry chose me because that's what meant the most. It was people who actually are the most critical people, the beauty editors, and they awarded it to me four times. So, um, I'm yeah, so I'm very excited. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of even when you say it to me, I'm thinking, are you really talking? Is that really me? Um, yeah, so I'm very honoured and it's very excited. But I had nothing to do with it, nothing to do with it. <laughs> well, let me ask you, um, how different is it that she heard you from the very beginning that you love America. How different is it in Australia and here when it comes to the beauty industry and, and makeup and doing makeup? You know, what I, sorry? No, I just said, have you seen a difference? Well, this is what's really interesting. I think as Australians, a natural thing we have, because we are so far away, we always think, oh, my God, wow, everything else is more amazing and more different. And, and I always think that, but it's interesting. When you sort of get to a, a, a editorial level, you realize it's actually all the same. The only, the only thing is I do find in America, there's a lot more of a movie industry. Like We do have a movie industry in Australia, but obviously the market is smaller. Um, so if you want to be in the movie industry in America, it's probably a better place to be. I think the standards are the same. Like I look at Lord of the Rings that were shot and you know, I had a full Australian makeup, well, mainly Australian makeup team, and a lot of the great movies we do bring out of here. So America definitely will have more of a movie base. And the only difference is, like, I mean, American Vogue. I mean, it's just such a big international magazine. Then your magazines have a much bigger, you know, to, to do a magazine, say, a Marie Claire or Vogue or a Harper's in the U.S., you know, you are 300 million people are looking at your work. So I think your work is on a grander scale. There's obviously a lot more competition there. Um, and that's why New York and, and America is my dream because, you know, it, it's a place that if you can, if you publish an American Vogue and American Harper's, you know, you can... It's something that you can be so proud of because the amount of viewers that see what you're doing. So it's more the the, the viewers, the, the amount of people that you have looking at what you do. But I think technically we are very, very similar. Australia's a little bit different, though, with our heat situation and our sunburn situation as a makeup artist. When Americans come here, they forget that you burn within, like, 10 minutes. Um, if you've got a bright red American makeup artist walking around because they don't actually quite get that it's really bad here. So that's the only difference I find is... Um, 
Yeah, and we don't get a lot of snow here, so you know, working in winter in Australia is not so difficult as working in New York. But technically, I think we're we're very very similar. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, do we have any comments or questions from the chat room? Uh, let's see. I love questions. Let's see. So far, not yet, but I'll 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 get some. Okay. <laughs> is there anything else you'd like to ask me? Yes, we have lots of questions. Um, you have some books we want to know about. You have a very I new do. one. I do. I do. Am I? Um, sorry. I said, when is it coming out? When can we buy it? Well, the first one, my, I, I'm actually, um, my second one is released, actually. I'm sitting here in an office room, and I've got 500 books that I'm actually signing, so if I've got my head. I might send you a photo of exactly where I am right now. It's quite hilarious. Um, <laughs> my first book, Ultimate Guide, um, is out. I know in America you can buy it on, at all book, um, good bookstores and on Amazon. Um, my proceeds of that book do go to UNICEF, and the fabulous Catherine McNeil is on the cover. It's gone bestseller in Australia six times, so I was very excited about that. It's a very instructional um, book. It's actually used in 13 makeup schools around the world, seven different languages as an instructional book. So if you're a makeup artist in training or someone who just wants to do their own makeup, it's all step-by-steps. The step-by-steps are not retouched, so I'm showing you the real deal. Um, and it's basically, the reason I did this book, because I, I felt there was a gap in the market of makeup artists who are working every day that show how things are really done. Because a lot of times in books, they polish things up and pretty things up, and women just can't relate because that's not... Like, for example, you'll see in my books, when I do a smoky eye, there's black eyeshadow everywhere, running everywhere, because I do the eyes first. You know, so if makeup runs down your face, you do your eyes first, you can clean that up, and you do your foundation after. Um, there's tricks about buying makeup, little little things like when you buy a lipstick, you never test it on the back of your hand. You test, test it on your fingertip because that will give you the exact color reading. And all these little secret tricks that I felt was missing, I just wanted to tell everyone about it. My favorite part, there's a eye color chart in all my books where you actually find your eye color and every single eyeliner, highlighter, shimmer color to match your eyes have been done. We photographed 3,000 eyeshadow um, palettes and spent uh, three months full time working on that. And the book I've just released today is an express makeup book. It's about how to do your makeup fast. And that releases in America, I think, in about two weeks. But you can buy it from the Allen and Unwin website now, which is um, my publisher here in Australia. Okay. So two weeks we can buy here in the U.S. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm actually, as we're on the phone, we've got a mad little office next door to me trying to work out exactly where and how. So, there, because only it's been released here today. So they're actually going to. So I'll, I'll make sure the information gets back to you and gets really clear of where people can get. And I might even, you know, send you through a picture of what the cover looks like. And um, I've got a YouTube channel as well. We can see something instructional and behind the scenes. Just Ray. I think it's just Ray Morris. Yeah, just YouTube Ray Morris, and you'll see some of my ins- instructional makeups and some of my crazy tricks and behind the scenes. I've got all that up there so you can have a look at some of my work. And, and also on my web, I have a raymorris.com website so you can see all the shots from the book. A lot of the, um, from my new book, my shots are actually up on the website as well so you can have a little preview and have a little look. How long did cool. it take you to do your book? It sounds like um, a lot of it's a really good question, but I space it out. 
I, it's really funny. I, you know, if I sat down and calculated the hours, it's probably three months per book. Um, but I just spread it out because I like to write when I'm on the job. Like when I have to sit behind a desk and write, I'm hopeless. But you put me in a room with 27 models, <laughs> with 27 models and a tape recorder, I'm fine. Um, so yeah, it, it, and it's also too timing with models because you know we we I really want to you know black girls and Asian girls and Indian girls and Korean girls. So we've got to time it around getting the availability of all different ages. And and that's the other thing with my book too. Like women go from 15 to 60. Actually, there's one lady 65. So. So um, it's timing around the model. So if, you can, if you can pack it, it would probably be three months' work. Um, but it, it gets all spread out because, you know, we've got to wait for photographers and all the timing and the weather to be right, and which is a little bit frustrating. But um, And I'm actually starting my third book as we speak, but that won't be out to the end of next year. It's like a 40s-plus book. I haven't got a name for it yet. So anyone out there that can suggest something, it's for women who are like 35, 40 and beyond. Um, and that's what I'm working on as we speak because makeup definitely changes. We have to change things as we get older, so that's what mm-hmm. I'm doing at the moment. Oh, wow. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah, it would be awesome. It's so needed too because I don't want women to think, oh, it's all about brown eyeshadow and brown lipstick, um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Absolutely. What inspired you to start writing the book? Um, the, 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 actually, the funniest, to be completely honest, on, with the because I'm dyslexic. I'm not sure if anyone's told you that. I, I'm, I mean, the fact that I've written a bestseller, I just think that is just hilarious. Um, but it was actually, they came, it was funny. The publishers came to me and said, you, you need to write a book, because I do a lot of seminars here, and I get asked all these same questions. And honestly, my I didn't realize that to get a publishing deal is like the most exciting thing ever. And I said, no. I went, no, I'm actually... I want to write a book. I'm busy. I'm doing shows. I'm touring with Pink. I'm like, oh, I've got so much going on. And they came back like two or three times, and I was like, no, nah, too busy, too busy. And then it was a, a singer who said, Ray, do you understand? Like, people, all the rings went to eight publishers before she got released, begging, and you've got them coming to you, and you're saying no. And I went, oh, really? Oh, okay. Um, and I thought, you know what? Why not? Why not? So I didn't. I really, it's a bit, it's a, it's a, it's a hard process because you know what you physically do and to put that into words. And I really, I really wanted to make it actually like a Jamie Oliver, like a cookbook where you don't have to read too much. It's really visual. If you're dyslexic or if you only want to read part of it, it's very visually instructional. Because a lot of makeup books, there's a lot of writing, and I wanted mm-hmm. something that you know, even if you're ten or if you are hopeless at makeup, you can't even hold a brush, you can do it and be really inspired. So. And I thought, well, you know what, there is a gap there. And, and, yeah, and that's what made me get excited and do it. And, and I honestly thought, you know, if I sell one, I'll be really excited. And I never <laughs> thought it would it would come to this. It's, it's just quite amazing. Say, so, look, I'm dyslexic and I failed art and I'm a makeup artist who's written a book. So if I can do it, anyone can do it. <laughs> now, what, what inspires you, Ray, as a makeup artist? What inspires you? Oh, you know what? I love this. It's my favorite question. You know what? I consume myself with makeup. I am. I think it's. I fill my in, my head up with so many beautiful images that when I go to work, I feel my head just floating with so many ideas. So, it's not, okay. Look, I'm addicted to style.com. I'm addicted to models.com. I'm addicted to Italian Vogue, French Vogue. I'm constantly looking at models and and other makeup artists and Pat McGrath and the shows and and just studying faces constantly and it's funny even on a job what I'll do and what gives me the ideas because a lot of people think I pre-plan everything and I really don't I turn up and 
I think, wow, what are we going to do today? And what I've learned is things like I pull every single piece of makeup I own out on the table. I have like 300 pigments, and I have a massive table. I reckon it would be the size of a ping pong table. That's what I lay out, every single thing I own. And sometimes it's just seeing the product that inspires me. It could be that green that jumps out, or it could be the blue. I I hate when my assistants turn up and they, they only pull out the two products they're going to use for the day. And I think, nah, you've got to be able to be <laughs> impulsive and, and splash something out. And if, the, if we go, look, no, let's do fluorescent green. Okay, let's pull that out. And so it's hilarious when I set up because I actually do um, order a trestle table, for even if it's a clean, fresh, natural makeup. And, yeah, so I think, one, consuming myself around the world's best at my industry, looking at what they do and having makeup everywhere and that's what where I my all my crazy ideas come from. Wow. We have a couple of questions now from the chat room. Awesome. And this is great. <laughs> One's I kinda funny. Awesome. I wish we had this in Australia. This is fantastic. <laughs> like a, a station for for the, our industry in makeup. It's fantastic. Now one Thank question you. is um kinda funny but I kinda wanna know the answer as well. But it's yeah. kinda, what what is the weather like in Australia right now? Okay, it is at the moment. Um, it's, oh, I hate saying it, it's a bit cloudy at the moment. Um, it's it's our um, springtime, so normally it gets about thirty thirty five degrees. Today I've actually got a jacket on, so today it's like twenty two, a little bit cloudy. Um, but and it's and it's normally really amazing sunny. I was so upset that Kelly Rowland just came out here and it rained. Like you know when you when an artist flies like three weeks to get to Australia and they're here for three days and it rains the whole time. I was like, no, it's going to have blue skies, no. Um, but at the moment, yeah, it's 22 degrees, a bit cloudy. Mm, if the clouds change while I'm on the finals, any updates, I'll let you know. All right. <laughs> and what are some of your must-have products? Okay, me, my, okay, tweezers. Ladies, if you have lip hair, my my favorite <laughs> Actually, it was like yesterday. I was in a, a chemist. I think you call them drugstores over there. And I saw this whole department of, like, facial bleaching kits. And I'm thinking, when does a blonde moustache look better than a brown one? Ladies, get rid of it. Tweezers. Right. So, yeah, get rid of it. Tweezers. Tweezers, um, I would say definitely a lip gloss. Um, eyelash curlers, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um and I love luminizers. I love liquid luminizers. I love mixing them with foundation and lipsticks and just getting skin really dewy and creamy. I'm not really a powder fan. Mm-hmm. I'm into that real glowy, glowy, glowy skin. So, yeah, so luminize Sunscreen definitely, too, for Australia. Tweezers, mm-hmm. eyelash curlers, lip gloss, and a great concealer. So what do you think about um, uh, some of the foundations? Like, you know, um, there are some really nice foundations for HD. Do you have... Uh, much opportunity to do like television and things like yeah, that. Yeah, well, this is really funny. I I find honestly too. I find there's just too many out there. Like honestly, how many more foundations can this world take? Like it's right. kind of crazy. And the thing is, when, this is what's interesting. When I work, okay, I'll, I'm sorry to keep bringing pink up, only because I've just worked with this in my head. Um, like if you're doing an artist like pink. And you do their makeup. And what happens is they get out of the car, they walk down a red carpet, so they're in natural light. The camera goes nuts. They walk straight from that into a media interview. They go straight from that onto a stage. Straight. So I don't have time to go, okay, for outside I've got to put that foundation and this foundation. At the end of the day, I basically use liquids, all liquid, water-based liquids and grease, like more of your greasy, like heavier base foundations. Mm-hmm. And I just go, if I've got her in the most natural light possible, how can I cover or make her skin beautiful to my natural eye? 
Mm-hmm. And once I work like that, if I can make her look beautiful sitting out in the broad day sunlight, she's only going to look like that or better on camera because cameras with the lighting and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. HD foundation, I do use it. I I find at the end of the day, I wish um, the television world would just change the lighting. Um, in Australia, sometimes our, you know the cameramen light for the backgrounds, and but they don't always light for the talent. I love watching American TV because oh, I watch Entertainment Tonight, and the hosts are so well, amazingly lit. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, look, HD, I, I use it sometimes. I technically see a hint of difference, but normally, like I said, I just try and find the foundation that makes that skin in my natural eye look so amazing. Because she might be on TV, but then she might walk straight out the door to an outdoor shoot. Um, right. And we don't have time to change foundations, you know what I mean? So, And I think if the cameraman can see that she looks so beautiful in natural light, and then she goes on to set and she looks bad, that's the lighting's problem. Mm-hmm. That's how I do it. I sort of try and get the cameraman to come and see the talent in my light. So when they go into their light, they go, oh, hang on. And it's actually really funny because sometimes I'll have an artist do that. They'll go, oh, hang on, if you come into where Ray's doing my makeup, and I look good, but look at me and you're like, I look crap. Can you sort that out? So sometimes <laughs> I'll get that. Because I think they put so much pressure on us to change everything for their camera. And it's like, well, all you need is a reflector underneath, really. Um, does, yeah. does that make sense? I try and push these film boys to go, hang on, well, have a look at what she looks like here. Why does she look worse there? Um, so I'm not answering that very clearly, but for me, it's no, I just make them look beautiful. The only thing I'll right. do is if they're too shiny, I'll powder it down, and that's really it. But I mm, I think there's too many foundations on the market, to be honest. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it's a bit too many. Yeah. And all you need to, in different textures, like, oh, I'm all about texture. You know, do you want the skin shiny, dewy, matte, heavy? I only use yellow based foundations, or I never own, I actually only pink base, look a bit grey on TV. And I just get different coverages. Some skin need no foundation. You know, a good makeup artist who knows when to not put makeup on someone. You get into a habit, TV must plaster. No, I mean, I, was, I had an actress on TV this morning. She had no foundation. I had a tiniest bit of concealer in her eyes, and she was like 38. She, her skin was amazing. She didn't need. And less is always best, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your what's your approach to skincare? Oh, this is a good question. Um, I have been very fortunate. It's going to sound quite crazy. In Australia, I have got this amazing job where I train and teach up-and-coming cosmetic and plastic surgeons on beauty. And this will come to the skincare thing. I'll actually come back to this. And. Okay. What's been interesting is that a lot of women, when they go to have any cosmetic procedures, don't wear makeup. So a lot of doctors don't see women's full potential. So I've been going in there just showing, look, you don't block women's lips to make them look great. You don't lift an eyebrow. I do makeup to show them what soft things you can do, blah, blah, blah. So then I get this fantastic opportunity, because they all think I'm a doctor, to sit and watch all the skin seminars and dermatology seminars. And my sort of... My feeling of it now, I think cosmetically, there are so many things available. I'm sort of not into spending hundreds of dollars in skincare. I'm really mm-hmm. more the other way. I'm more right. an amazing sunscreen. I my favorite body scrub, which um, a doctor or dermatologist recommends here, is we. Either, I think you call it the same. It's, I think you call it baking soda. We call it bicarb of soda. Mm-hmm. It's that stuff you put in cakes. You mix that with a cleanser. It's the most amazing facial scrub in the world. And look, if you've got skin problems, there is so much technology out there. We have these these lasers, these Omnilux. I send a lot of my clients to them, and you get instant results. And 
Also, back to that skincare question, I'm very strict. Every single thing in my kit has to be something that you can use on a five-year-old baby with a sunburn. Mm-hmm. I'm not, if it can't, I, I don't have time for reactions. I don't have time when I've got the most sensitive teenage skins in the world. And if they've got, I get, they get breakouts or problems, I send them normally to a dermatologist or to a cosmetic doctor, someone who can do something that will definitely improve the skin. And I just keep it really, really simple because every day I've got 27 skins sitting in front of me. And I do see amazing results with like, you know, Omnilux and Microdermabrasion and, you know, a bit light peels and, you know, glycolic acid and all that sort of stuff. I just see amazing results. And I think, you know what, let's just go hardcore, sort this problem out with the skin, use a good skincare, like a good cleanser, basic one, an amazing sunscreen, and eat really well. Women forget it does come from the inside a lot of, this, a lot of our problems. Right. Stop smoking and drinking too much alcohol. <laughs> Stop relying on that concealer. Just get healthy. <laughs> right. <laughs> Women want everything... Magic. My favorite thing is what they make up like to last 20 hours. I'm like, really? Why? I mean, that's the other thing. Women, I, I'm trying to teach them. It's, it's not that they're lazy. It's that makeup artists, I think we're to blame a bit here. We we train women, our clients, to be lazy. Like, when I'm with an artist, we too with them. I'm retouching up their makeup. If, like, okay, Miranda Kerr, for example. Beautiful, healthiest girl in the world. Glowy skin. When you work with someone like Miranda, you're there the whole day. You constantly touch it up because glowy skin needs touching up. You know, um, women who want make a better makeup is not about how long it lasts; it's how good it looks. And some makeup needs maintenance. If you want a red glossy lip, it ain't gonna last ten hours. You're gonna have to fix it up every hour. You know, it's, right. it, it's also about you know having you know women say, oh, I don't want creamy skin because I'll look oily and it won't last. No, you blot it. You can reapply it. But if you powder it, you now have a matte skin. And you can't, you know what I mean? So you women have got to go, what do I want my skin to look like? And just learn to maintain it instead of trying to go for something that lasts 27 hours. There's foundations out now. I saw one the other day. It lasts 18 hours. I'm like, okay, so do you do your makeup before you go to bed? So when you wake up, it still lasts. Like, who who stays up for 18 hours with makeup on? I just don't quite right. understand. <laughs> it's quite funny. Um, yeah, so I'm trying to treat women. Okay, it's okay to have glowy skin. It's okay. You know, you can re- don't powder and blot everything because it might last long but you also look really flat and matte so sorry I'm completely gotten off the subject <laughs> then but I just thought I'd throw that in for you and we have uh, we have one more question from the chat room it's, this is yeah. another funny one and it yeah. says how do Australians feel about Aussie hair products about what products is it Aussie hair products Aussie as an Australian Aussie, hair products yeah. Uh-huh. Um, awesome. I mean, we we don't have a lot of brands that are truly Australian. Like I know Kevin Murphy is truly Australian, but we don't have a lot that are actually from Australia, to be honest. Um, we have a few. Um, but you know what? I think there's good hair care products in all sorts of brands. But I must admit, I mean, the good thing about there's a good thing about being Australian. Two things: one, we love to support our own Aussies, but two, we also love the imports. Hello, we love getting things from overseas. Um, <laughs> But and the thing is, we're so multicultural here. Like we've got every culture living in Australia, so we have access to everything. But Australian, great. I mean, Kevin Murphy's an Australian brand, and um, that's um, you know, we I love his stuff. But to be honest, because I to be really honest and fair, I am a qualified hairdresser, but as a makeup artist, I probably do hair probably every fourteenth shoot. Um, because of when you get to the editorial world, they normally like to separate it, which I like as well. So I don't do hair as often. So there's probably some amazing Australian brands out there that I haven't seen. But, um, yeah, ask me about makeup. I can help you in that department. But hair, <laughs> not really up to date. <laughs> 
Let me ask you. You've been the the makeup um, director for L'Oreal for quite a while now. What does it mean? Yes. To be what does it mean to be makeup director? Oh, power and control, like. Bloody love it. <laughs> okay, what a makeup director is, it's an amazing role because L'Oreal Paris, it, it is the biggest cosmetic company in the world, that ha- like their technology. and like, I only found out recently, they they um, got a uh, like a Nobel Prize for technology. They invented Enviro, which, yeah, oh my, I had no idea. Like anyone listening there, it's how you grow skin for burn for people who burn. It's incredible. Um, so makeup director means that um, in throughout Australia, when brands are release like lipsticks or new colours, I release them to all the magazines. So I have all the Vogue and Harper's and Clio and all the editors come in and I present it and show them the untraditional ways to use product and show them the trends and how they are part of the trend. Um, and then all the magazine interviews, very similar to like to what you're doing. Um, Obviously not radio, which I think is fantastic. But you know all the blogs, anything to do about all their all their shots, all their campaigns, and you can see a lot of the L'Oreal ones on my website. They're there, you can see them. So any of the magazine editorial that's here, and I, and L'Oreal also I direct a fashion week in Australia. Even though we are so far away, apparently it is the largest attendance fashion week in the world. It's um called it's L'Oreal Melbourne Fashion Festival, and 220 or could be 250 thousand people attend. Um, eight shows, and I direct. So I direct all their shows, all their print material, all their interviews, and all their release of products. So I'm actually a very busy girl. Yes, I can tell. Yes, <laughs> yes. but I'd love to come see L'Oreal Paris America. So if anyone from L'Oreal is listening, please send me over. <laughs> <laughs> I think James is your director. You have an amazing makeup artist called James Carlotteros. He's the makeup director for L'Oreal in America. He's an amazing artist. Wow. Yeah, I'm sure he's the director. Now, you talk about Australian Fashion Week. Have you worked or experienced um, Fashion Week here in the U.S., like New York Fashion Week? You won't believe I was booked, and my agent hopefully is listening, um, from B Agency in New York. I was booked to come and do every single show, but because of my book being released, I, I was unable to come. But I will be there. I think it's February next year. I am there in New York, and I am so excited. Because I normally, I've always done the shows in Paris, and um, and that's great because it was always a scheduling thing at L'Oreal because I'm contracted to them. Their shows always conflicted with the New York Times, so I ended up only doing the M, which I love doing Paris Fashion Week, but also you get very tired models. So I want to start at the front end. I want to be there when they're all fresh and happy because I get all the grumpies at the end of the, uh, the other end uh, with the sore blistering feet and, you know, they're exhausted. So I, I look, honestly, New York is... Wait, can I ask where, where are you based? Who, where are you ladies from? One of us, one of us is in Maryland and one in Georgia. Oh my God, I haven't been there. I have to come. I still have to come. But I will be definitely in New York Fashion Week for sure. Um, I think it's in February. I, my agent's actually dealing with it right now, so I am there. You'll see me. You won't miss me because as I'm an Australian, I'm probably should cast for the Twilight series. I think I'm an, the only albino living in Australia with dark hair. I do not tan. So I do not look Australian. I probably look more Scottish or someone from Twilight. You won't miss me. I'm the glow and the glow stick standing in the background. That will be me. <laughs> what, what it's a nightmare part, living here with white skin. Honestly, you have no idea. Probably getting sunburned sitting inside. <laughs> what What time of year does Australian Fashion Week take place? Well, it's funny. There's, there's a few. There's a few fashion weeks they have here now. They've got they've got one in Sydney, which is in um, April. 
the big one that I do is in March. It's in, I think, the 12th, it's on the 12th of March. Um, they also have another show, which I actually am not part of. That's a, a different fashion week. That's for the consumers. And that happens in, oh, I think it happened about a month ago, but I wasn't here. But the one I'm involved with is in March. It's March um, 15th, I think 15th to the 20th. So if you're in Australia, oh, okay. come. I'll give you, let me know that you're here and I'll look after you. You can come backstage. Oh. I'll give you a little check. Be careful. You might end up painting nails or something. (laughs) (laughs) Might put us to work, huh? (laughs) We have have a caller from the Washington, D.C. area that we want to put on really quick. Let's see here. Okay, sure. Okay. Let me try to get you on. Okay, hold on. I just just lost that helm. I'm so sorry. What did you just say? Oh, she said that there's a caller from the D.C. area. Oh, fantastic. Hello. 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 Hi. Yes, I'm a first-time Hi. caller. This is Sasita Joe. Hello, I'm um, first time on US radio, so I'm just as excited. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was invited to join the conversation tonight, so this is my first time. I'm in Maryland, actually. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm sorry. You have a new number or something? <laughs> oh, Did I you have, have a question number. Yes. Oh, do you have a question for Ray? Uh, no, I'm just listening. I just wanted to um, introduce myself. <laughs> What's the weather like in Maryland? What is the weather doing in America right now? I need to ask that question. Um, it's really nice right now. It's um, in the 70s, but it's supposed to get cold starting tomorrow. Okay, how do you convert Fahrenheit to Celsius? Because I don't know. It. Oh, well, yeah. I, uh, does anyone know? <laughs> okay, I'll work uh, it out probably, later. I'll, probably, I'll Google it. Um, so you're saying it's springtime where you are, and you're saying yeah. it's about 22. So that's kind of warm. Yes. With just a little kind of little breeze, little coolness. Yeah. To it. So it's yeah. probably about it's probably about the same temperature. Okay. Okay. Got it. Yeah. 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 And it's kind of springtime. Yeah. Yeah. Except Weather, it's fall, yeah. but I think it's um, to come. I think we're experiencing uh, what people used to call Indi- Indian summer, which kind of occurs. Yeah. Um, you know, every year right before Halloween. Ah, yeah. We're actually, we're just starting to catch on to Halloween here. Like, it wasn't really a big thing, but now it's, yeah, it's catching on. That would be a great time to be a makeup artist in America for Halloween. Wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Busy time for yeah. everyone. Actually, here right, we... I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, here in, Los, here in Los Angeles, it still feels like summer a little bit. Because nothing about so... cold in L.A., I heard. Like, it doesn't, like, it's quite, it's very similar to Australian weather. It does. It does get well, not cold considering you know what we call cold on the East Coast. It doesn't really get like that, but it gets cool. Yeah, got it. Mhm. We had a uh, right before you came on. Um, we had a young lady to call in, and she was asking a question. I wish I could get her to call call back um, really quickly before you leave, but she had a question about yeah. some Halloween makeup, and I kind of wanted her to call back to ask you her question, just, you know, to, just to, you know, hear how you would respond to the question. So hopefully, I know she's listening, so I want to get her to call okay. in and really quickly, call in, call in, it's, call in. It's going to be one of those questions, though, because 
I mean, I'll, I'll, even, I'll sort of do a little brief, and if she calls, I can continue answering. But it's one of those things that it's funny that like, with makeup, we all tend to specialize, and I always leave that to the special effects guys <laughs> because that is when makeup gets kind of crazy. And I tell you, what, I like, I'm like i in the beautiful world. I like to keep them looking beautiful and glamorous and gorgeous. And the minute they want half their, their head shot off, I send it to my special effects friends. <laughs> and that's exactly why I want to hear your response. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it should be interesting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I think her question was pretty, pretty, um, pretty harmless. I think she basically just wanted to know about products, but I was just curious to hear um, what she was going to be creating for Halloween. And sure, and the great thing is I've got in Australia, I'm, and I'm sure a lot of them come from the US. You know these incredible new stencil tattoos, and I saw someone we had to we did a playstation ad here for Australia and this, they, had to, they had to make this guy's arm look like it was literally shot off mm-hmm. and there was amazing stencils that look like like to my eye like bullet wounds cuts and they're just stencils that you get from special effects makeup shops mm-hmm. and that's what I'd be doing too if Halloween like I would I would go to some of your special effects makeup shops because I know most of them I mean now I hear they're open to the public because you get fake blood you can get all sorts of really, the stuff they use in movies, but are really easy and, and effective. Like, it's pretty incredible what's available now the tattoos and the gash wounds, and you can get stick on scabs, and you can get stick on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's great. I think, wow, it's kind of fun. But, like, it's not normally my area, to be honest. Right. <laughs> well, we have, we have Tanisha on the line, so I hope Tanisha come and ask your question again. Okay. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, we can hear Hello, you. Hello, yeah, hi. Okay, hello. Hello, okay, how are you? I'm good. That's good. I just want to know uh, a cheap way to spend under $25 to get base products that I do some face painting with. Hang on, now, just cut out then all right. I got the $25 thing, and then I lost you after that. Oh, I'm sorry. Basically, I just want to be able to do some very basic Halloween face makeup. Okay. Right. Really- well, you know what I would do? I would probably go and get a black cold pencil, like get a really cheap eye pencil, black, because you can do a lot of dark under eyes. You can like, do a bit of an Alice Cooper sort of number. You could also get things like um, even Vaseline, because that's amazing on the eyes. It's amazing to mix with black if you want to get those really sort of sexy, dark, 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 smoky eyes. Um mm-hmm. You could also get, I, again, I would go for those little tiny tricks you can get at special effects stores. They, 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 like I've seen tattoos, like in Australia, like 4 or $5, and fake blood you can get for 3 or $4. And um, yeah, But I would go simply for some Vaseline. A lipstick that's the same color as blood, I think that's a really, really good idea. Um, and then you can, you, know, you can use a lipstick to make yourself look burnt. You can, I mean, lipstick is what we do actually do to create burns. Oh, there's a really mm-hmm. good little, um, if you want to, uh, there's a really fantastic trick that they, you do with eyelash glue. If you want to make yourself look really quite scary, you actually paint it over your whole face. Just get some in basic eyelash glue. It's just latex. And you can put it all over your mm-hmm. face and it dries clear. And you start scrunching your face up. It's how you make someone look old. It's actually an aging technique. So little things like that are cool. Eyelash glue, I'd say Vaseline to make it look, you know, a bit glowy and glossy. And you want to be sexy at Halloween as well, I think. Um, some red blood lipstick and I think a black coal pencil would be awesome. Now, see, Ray, that wasn't so bad at all. 
Yeah, I, I, I thought, oh my God, I don't really do Halloween, but hey, if I got that brief, what would I do? What would I do? Go for it, Ray, go for it. <laughs> so I did some of the things I do really quickly. I think those are good suggestions. I think so too. I think I might give it a go myself. Yeah, I mean, you can and you can combine a little bit of a little little of beauty and a little of special effects together. Which would be yeah, nice. and you know what? You can go. I love looking at the couture shows. Like when you look at a lot of Dior and Galliano shows, like a lot of those makeups are pretty verging on Halloween, and you can, you know, just copy things. And I would, you know, there's some amazing. Just, just go ma- Halloween makeup, Google images, and you know what? You, it could be the simplest thing mm-hmm. um, that you need to do, and that's how I get ideas. You know, try to so try and invent everything yourself. You know, go and look at images and go, oh, you know, if I did a bit of that with a bit of that. It's really easy because sometimes trying to come up with that stuff yourself is a little bit overwhelming. So, you know, go have a look at images and get inspired by those. Yeah. That sounds good. Awesome. Absolutely. I'll send you a photo of what I'm doing right now. It's quite hilarious. You should see what I've got in my in my way. And I'll send you a picture of the weather. I have to email oh, yeah. it to you so you can see that it's really cloudy and not so, not so hot and steamy. Maybe I'll just Photoshop it and just put a big sun and rainbow on the background if you dolphins jumping out of the water. And if you kangaroos, because people think we have kangaroos everywhere, but we don't. Oh I haven't seen one in a year. Not one. That's funny. Have you been to Australia? No, we haven't. Oh, well, we, well let me know when you're here. I sure will. Awesome. Well, Ray, before you leave, would you tell our listening audience what beauty means to you? Ah, oh, what beauty! Oh, okay. What beauty means to me, I think, is if, if I'm talking about aesthetically, I think a face that illuminates kindness to me that's beautiful. Like women, when when because kindness is, I think, a, a personality trait that not everyone has. So I think kindness, a woman who's confident who looks like she takes, him or her, they take pride in their appearance. So the difference between looking good but taking pride um, and and looking healthy. Healthy to me is beautiful. Seeing over, you know, smoking, drinking, too thin, skinny people with fabulous makeup is not beautiful, but someone who's healthy looks beautiful to me. Absolutely. Thank you so much. We really do appreciate you taking us. Pleasure. It's been fun. Thank you. And and you can keep up to date. I've got raymorris.com, my website. You can email me on there if you have any other questions later on. And I've got all my latest work up there, and you can keep in contact. And I've got your email address, so I'll send you a couple of pictures to you so you can see what I'm up to. And I really appreciate the call, and I hope if I'm ever there, I've got two fabulous women to show me around town. Oh, yes, Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you so much. Thank you, Ray. We appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Suzanne, we have not forgotten about you. Oh, that's great. I've enjoyed listening to Ray. Yes, we've had a great time listening to Ray. Thank you, um, Tanisha, very much for calling, and thank you, Cynthia, for calling. Uh, We want to get Suzanne in before our time runs out. Where have you been these last few weeks, Suzanne? Oh, (laughs) Getting ready for uh, uh, the launch of the new video, which comes out next week. Oh, right, right. Yes, and uh, we actually, I spent all day today doing final edits at the editing, uh, at the production company, so it's uh, all polished up and it's going to press, and uh, we will have it at uh, Toronto IMAPS, which I will be there. 
teaching oh, a two-part class, actually, on Saturday and Sunday um, as uh, it's Makeup Artist Magazine Presents, so I'm doing it for them. Um, oh, I will be, uh, you know, using, you know, part and parcel with Graftobian makeup as well. So looking forward to that. Um, I'm actually taking my own camera that's this year we retrofitted with a macro lens because they just aren't going to have the HD equipment available there. So there wasn't any point in doing a class without some kind of HD interface. So I'm packing the studio up and taking it with me. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah, yeah. I just was, you know, very uh, adamant that, uh, you know, that there was at least some kind of um, HD interface there. So, um, you know, when you want to make sure, you just got to bring it, you know, you got to bring it the mountain to Mohammed, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so those are the two big things. So I'm looking forward to that. And, um, <clears throat> and after that, um, hopefully things will quiet down just a little bit. But um, so for my, I'm, I'm kind of doing a little bit of uh a little bit of retro, um, well, not retro, but a little bit of reflection over the last uh, 20 months. Full digital signal has been in effect now since February 17, 2009. Um, that's when analog was shut down and uh, the full digital HD capability was uh, uh, the only thing in town. So, you know, within these last 20 months, um, there has been such an increase in, in resolution features. So we know high, defini high definition resolution has enlarged um, the standard aspect ratio of your TV set, which was typically before a 4 by 3 format, which you can still see uh, when you're looking at a program and you see the uh, black bars on the side, you know, of your program. <laughs> you know that that, that particular uh, uh, program or video or whatever you're watching was... Uh, you know, rated for the four, the four by three format. So now it's you know a standard is sixteen by nine, and that holds nineteen hundred and twenty pixels per line. So that's that's high definition. That's where high definition starts. Now we have what's called two K resolution, which provides even more pixels per line at two thousand. It's, it's two thousand uh, two thousand forty eight. I'm trying to pull this out of my memory. And then there's, of course, the 4K resolution, which is what the red cameras are, that are double that rate at 4,096. So, you know, 2,048, 4,096. So film transfer now for Blu-ray, you know, Blu-ray is now the standard, are now done in 2K or above quality so that the larger screen sizes can, can accommodate the more intense resolution. Now we have... HD 3D, right? Right. <laughs> like every, it's just, it's like it's everywhere. Um, I still believe that that's a fad, but um, right now it's just a big thing. So we now have HD 3D in this equation, and then you've of course got the HD SLRs that are hugely growing in popularity because of the fact that you can still shoot photography and video with just one camera, um, which is what we shot this this uh, video, um, this video that's coming out. We shot it completely in an, S, uh, an HD SLR. So now the image sensors in the camera have significantly significantly increased in size, along with all the interchangeable lens options that we have. So that's alas and more woe to us makeup artists. It, it just it's 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 just insane how this is going. But obviously. This has been a, 
a boon for dramatically improved camera image resolutions, of course, and it allows even more shallow depth of field capabilities in video. So that makes it makes it look even just you know more realistic. So the red camera is now making claims that they, and I think this is more like they're still developing rather than it's actually you know on the scene, but they're making claims that they are making image sensors that are now 186 by 56 millimeters across. And that means it allows video to be shot at 28K and still photography to be shot at an unprecedented unprecedented 261 megapixels. I, I've got to see this. I believe it. <laughs> um, but that's, that's what they're, uh, you know, that's, that's what they're putting in the pipeline. Okay, so now there's there's positively no television sets in the world that can scan and resolve in an, an entire 28K format. And there's not even a 28K format camera out yet. So, of course, you know, Red's reputation is definitely keeping up the offensive drive in the industry because they love to tweak the industry with information well far in advance before they actually produce the product. That's been, that's been the way that they've done things. But... You know, in the end, they always eventually do follow through. So already there have been 4K, and now what's called Quad HD televisions unveiled at some major video electronic trade shows this year. With resolution so fine that you can literally count the number of noodles in the spaghetti a man is eating far off in the background of the scene. <laughs> um, it's just, um, I don't know. I just throw my hands up. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, I do believe, though, that we've caught a glimpse of the future in that we'll have cameras that can go from macro focus, which is what I've upgraded my own studio video camera to this year, to a 500-millimeter zoom, and you'll be able to do this all with one lens. Um, you'll be able to take such amazingly high-resolution video that you can simply just use a frame from the video, zoom in, crop it on your computer, and just save it for later use. I mean, seriously. Why, you know, this all sounds <laughs> so incredible. And at the rate technology is changing now, it's not hard to imagine that a, that a camera like that, you know, is not too far off in the distant future. Because there seems to be, you know, it's consumer-driven. It's, it's when the consumer drives the demand for the higher-end products, then, of course, the industry is going to produce it. So, and technology is fast in response. You know, it used to be a camera would come out, you know, once every uh, year and a half, and now they're coming out almost like every three months, you know. It's like a computer. It's the same thing. Um, it's old in six months, right? It's just about, right. it's, it's just older. So, and it's the same way with, with cameras, it seems, and, and the same way with television sets. Um, so it's only going to be a matter of time, I think, before pictures and videos become so insanely high in quality that it almost won't matter how wide a scene is shot because it can always be upscaled and cropped later. Personally, all of this hyperdrive resolution is just getting over the top obnoxious to me. But, hey, you know, it's a guy thing, I guess, right? <laughs> right, absolutely. I, I just, honestly, it's, it's, just, it's just you just throw your hands up. To me, they might as well plug into a satellite that can read license plates from space and just be done with it. That's just how I feel about <laughs> right. it. Um, so, you know, perhaps there is some kind of Star Trek transporter technology in the distant future that will have cameras just beam up into a satellite and record their interface from there, and that's it. 
And you know what? If that does happen in my lifetime, remember, you heard it here first, and we broke the news on Beauty Talk Radio. <laughs> right? That's right. <laughs> I'm telling you. <laughs> That's a fact, Jack. So, so do you have anything on the product side? I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, so obviously, you know, having said all this, Skin texture is now so important, more important than ever, and you need to focus more, and this is just my, you know, my view. You're really going to have to focus more on what I call a cleaner-looking complexion rather than making it a perfect, flawless complexion. I've found that super, super ultra micronized pigments, which is what I believe Graftobian has, I mean, I think they kind of corner the market on that. Um, really don't show up, and I've seen this in the macro ones, they don't show up as texture or obsessive color on camera, and you're going to see that in this video. Because they're the, when, when I was sitting in the editing, final editing today, I mean, um, God bless this wonderful, beautiful little girl, but the camera was so tight that you could see the peach fuzz on the end of the nose and the little nose hairs coming out. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm, you know, I mean, we're leaving that in because this is this is really going to show you how organic and native this is really going to be. And so that's why I'm telling you, you're going to have to concentrate on making the complexion so think clean, not perfect, mm. not, you know, flawless. But, I mean, you can roll some flawlessness into that. And so I have found that, that the ultra-nice, the super ultra-micronized pigments, that don't show up as texture or excessive color on camera because they allow you, and this is my new buzzword that I've just kind of been rolling around in my head here because that's really how I think when I'm doing makeup for HD is clean and refine. That's mm-hmm. really, really what it's all about. Um, you, you clean and refine the skin through the finish rather than the texture, and this, this, is, this is where you know the airbrush is really good with that. Um, and I'm going to tell you, blot, blot, and then blot some more at the foundation before you ever go with it to powder. I, what I simply do is I take, and I show this in the video, um, the Velour Puffs, well, they have a new use now, <laughs> and that's not with powder. You know, I simply use a, a light spray of water, and I rub that together, just like we do the powder. You know how we load the puffs? Well, I, I load the, the puff now with a very light spray of water, and I roll that over the foundation to make sure that I have got it really nicely knocked back. And it actually helps with what I call the refining process. Mm-hmm. So that's that's just just uh, just my my standard you know SOP standard operating procedure with that. Um, I don't use anything for any powder work other than fan brushes now. Fan brushes are, I've just, you know, I don't have any more of the traditional uh, powder brushes or the, uh, you know, the the Filbert uh, blush, you know, the the nice compact heads. um, They literally are just too heavy for use in HD. And fan brushes are your best friend, and that's what I use. I use a fan brush, and I use it so sparingly so that it just barely takes the edge off, yet it leaves the complexion. The complexion still has bend to it, 
So what that really means is that it doesn't look completely matted down. There's still a bend to this. And you'll see this in the in the video if you you happen to get a copy of it. Then you will. I will send you a copy. So okay. um, anyway, um, so those are my tips. And we love them. <laughs> Sounds good. So you are going to make up for lost time, aren't you? Say again? I didn't are you going to make up for lost time? With um, your tips, or will you be? Will you now? Are you? You just said something about the show in Canada. Is that next week? Yeah. Mhm. Yeah. It's okay. uh, Toronto. I'm at the IMATS in Toronto. That's, okay. uh, that's no next problem. week. Yeah. That's not this weekend, but the next weekend. Right. Okay. So no and there's a yeah. What I'm teaching. If you go on the uh, website, you'll see there's the the class description. Oh. Okay. Oh, okay. For your class. Yeah. It's listed on the class, right? Huh? A two-day class? Yeah, it's Saturday okay. and Sunday. Now they're only giving me an hour each day, so it's like I'm jamming it right. <laughs> in two hours. So um, it's you know it's going to be like a a super duper scaled down version of uh, HDMU, but you know it's going to be packed. We're just going to you know start it with a bang and end it with a bang. So yeah. lecture, a little bit you know giving you an overview, some really tight um, components of um, HD technology, and then uh, we do a little bit of introduction of uh, correction technique, and then on this on Sunday we, you know, probably will have just enough time to do a foundation, which is really important. I mean, that's really really important. Um, but in the video, it uh, we go from uh, prep to finish, all the way through. Oh wow! Uh, okay. And we do uh, uh, makeup for men. There is a makeup for men in HD in there. I made sure there was that was in there and uh, airbrush. Oh, cool! So it is. Uh, it's it's really geared for, uh, and I think the pros will really just enjoy it. But it's really geared more for the uh, artists that's just beginning to work into HD and just would like to have a handle on you know what's the right approach to this. What what will give me, you know, a good fundamental skills platform in this and so that's mm-hmm. what that's really geared for and even for the everyday woman you know they can follow along i know that my producer's wife made the comment she and she's not a makeup artist she says that you know i've watched this she says i i feel like i could do it so that made me feel really good that i i made it you know that it was simple enough that it, the everyday woman could pick this up and be successful with it right but- and I hope, you know, I, I mean, I really do hope that, you know, that it crosses over into that because, um, you know, we're we're in HD every day. We're out, you know, we're we're live, eye to eye. So, um, anyway. And Suzanne, you did hear the announcement earlier in the show that um, Beauty Talk is going to Mondays just for three weeks. Okay. So when it's just time to come back, just be mindful of that. It's, I believe my sister said it was November. November 1st, uh, the 8th, and the 15th. Okay, great. Well, so I will be, yeah. Uh, so it's probably, well, well, I'm looking at the end of the month. So. <laughs> you make your way, I think, for one of those. Say again? I think you might be away for the eighth. Right, right. So I'm I'm looking at the end of the month to to come back and share okay. with you all. So okay. um, so you'll be, you'll be back on regular schedule on Thursday at the end of the month. Yeah. Well, yeah. The regular uh, probably that that December. week before. Uh, um, let's see. 
because the week of Thanksgiving, we're just going to have that off for the holiday. Right. I was. Let's see. November. And I then guess. the week. The week after that will be uh, the first Thursday. Well, we'll be in September. touch. <laughs> yeah, we'll be I'm, in touch. Yeah, we 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 will definitely be in touch. But I'm thinking. Oh yeah, Thanksgiving is on the 25th, right? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. Right. So it'll be the week after. Okay. But you know, if you if you have um, like tips, like short tips that you would like us to include on our blog, you can always email those. That would be great. Okay. Sure. Yep. That sure. would be great. And that way, people will feel like they're still getting a part of you. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> anyway, I um, you know, I I think this this uh, video was kind of a long time coming. I'm not really. Uh, you know, an on-camera type of person, and, and and I'm not really on camera. It's just really my, my hands that you see in my voiceover because I felt like, you know, I wanted it to be really focused on uh, right. on the uh, technique. And, and Absolutely. Uh, so I, I made that compromise. I said, as long as it's just, you know, about the product and the technique, right. I'm, I'm fine by that. So. <laughs> right, right. And that really, and that's really all it's about, you know. Right. Making sure we get what we need and not focused on, you know, Suzanne, the celebrity. I'm not. If you think for one minute that I am, you're, you're talking to me. I'm looking behind me because there's no way I'm I'm not that. So I'm just a just a hardworking gal like the rest of you, you know, That's trying right. to just share what I've kind of blazed a little bit of a path for and have a little bit of knowledge about. Right. <laughs> and uh, just want to share it with everyone else. But I'm I'm just so not, you know, I'm just 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 like you, average working makeup artist. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, enjoying sharing. Yep. Well, we thank you so much for always sharing. We appreciate you bet. it. Bet. So and thank you for my pleasure. Thank you for joining us tonight as well. You bet. And thank you to Ray Mars, our guest. Um, I think Cynthia Jones called in. Just wanted to say hi and to Tanisha. Thank you for that question. We pulled out some great answers from Ray with that question. So thank you for that. I wanted to make sure we got you back on um, to get your question answered because you did it past, and I had to cut you off. I didn't mean to do that, but I know Greg was on the time schedule, so we wanted to get her through. So thank you all for listening. Um, thank you for joining us each week, and please remember we're back on Monday, November 1st, same time, all that good stuff. So please join us. Our guest will be Marietta Carter-Narcy. With that said, good night, everyone. Good night. Good night.